0: With Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night. It's Blake Osborne. I'm number one, baby. Number one. Blake, have you recovered from the one chip challenge, buddy? I was worried about you.
1: Yeah, the funny thing is, I made my kids do it. That was a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: Wait, I, you told me your kids wanted to do it. Now you're saying I made my kids do it. Which you one know, is it's it? It's
1: a power trip. Yeah, they wanted to do it, and I sat back and watched them suffer. It was worth it.
0: <laughs> sat back and watched them did you (laughs) did you have like milk prepared for them and all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) oh man so anyone in the chat if they're concerned about child abuse in the Osborne uh, home type at blake osborne and let them know what you think
1: hey listen it's only child abuse if you use force right
0: but you you do it it. i made my kids do it i said it was a power trip I, I, I don't even one. know with you anymore. Know. You know what? It's probably but... better. I just don't ask what goes on <laughs> anymore at your house. True that. Um, true that. So I wanted to talk about something. Sort of get something off my chest here in the monologue. Normally we try to reserve the monologue for kind of some fun stuff. Yeah. We're going to do a little bit different format show today where I'm going to I'm going to kind of do a brief real segment in the monologue. Okay. And then we're going to do just one segment later in the show after okay. the fun stuff. Sure. If anything, and this is I've said this before, this is what I've learned. I've okay. got to start saving some important messages for the finale. Yeah. Because no one's ever here for the finale. <laughs> Everyone's already gone. They they listen to the fun stuff. They uh-huh. they see the meme of the week. Yeah. And then and then they listen for the viewer mail because right. the viewer mail's retarded. Yeah. And then and then they'll stick around for maybe one more segment after that to see who the cops killed this week. Right. And then they leave yeah I know. everyone I, I don't know, know. if it's yeah. because it's so late but it's but it's too late that's yeah. the whole that's the whole we're, point we're, the whole
1: we, we, we just start saving crazy stuff for finales you know
0: <sighs> i know well yeah, i think they're really know, the show you know yeah i don't want you to say anything Blake. but i've i've been sending you messages of what i think are next i know food challenges. oh i know be.
1: it's gonna be super
0: yeah <laughs> so Ooh. got some more stuff planned <laughs> But by the way, if you want to see us do more food challenges like the one chip challenge, it is up to you guys. The viewers we will give you the address to the studio. You send it down here and we'll do it. And I mean, if anything, we proved last week we're men of our word.
1: (laughs) Watch somebody make us
0: eat cinnamon, dude.
1: You know, it's. Uh, Yeah, but
0: now we're not going to do one of the challenges that are literally like intended to make you throw up. because we're not going to throw up in the studio. It's not going to happen. I did see, by the way, um, I had never heard of this before. Apparently, there's a banana and Sprite challenge. What? Where you eat two bananas really fast, and then you drink a bunch of Sprite because the chemical reaction makes a ton of foam. Like, basically, you're guaranteed to throw up a bunch of Sprite foam. There's nothing you can do to stop, but it's pretty much a guarantee. No. So that's exactly the kind of challenge we won't do because you know what's going to happen. It's yeah. L- it's really just a thing to see someone throw up. Right. And we're not going to do that. Yeah. we're so we're, we're not going to do that.
1: We're, remember, like we're we're not
0: teenagers. Yeah. We'll die. Yeah. Well. <laughs> we're not going to die. But I'm not gonna like I'm wearing a suit. Yeah. I'm night show yeah banana sprite stain that's expensive to get out of that thing you know you know i did by the way What like i I, like i'm ruining the monologues i said we were going to talk about a thing now we're not talking (laughs) about this is just what happens bro (laughs) so i looked up there's literally websites where you can see the different restaurants in Uh your area or your state that do like food challenges or you know eat this for a free meal type things you know yeah so there are a few In our general vicinity. Really? The thing is, is that, I mean, for, like, for their contest, like, if you want to get a free meal or a Uh t-shirt or something, obviously they want you to do it there at the restaurant. Yeah. Obviously, we we would be doing it here in the studio. So it's not like we would necessarily be competing with them. Right, but we would do it on the show. I mean, I, I guess we could send them the video. Yeah, and and they could judge they for could themselves. See, but right, I don't really care about because we're not really advertising restaurants. It's right. more unless they unless they pay us.
1: Yeah, pay us it's a possibility. You know,
0: but I did see there's a pizza place near us that has like, like ba- it's I I forget how many inches it is, but it's it's like a thin like a New York style pizza Lord. that's basically the size of my desk. Man. And, but it's a it's believe it or not it's actually a duo challenge oh really Two so guys it's can made eat. it's made for two people and like if two people can eat the pizza in an hour <laughs> then you you win you you win Man. the challenge so i thought maybe we could do that one where we actually eat the whole episode and we try to finish <laughs> the pizza by the finale oh god okay which is particularly bad because i'm doing keto
1: I know, <laughs> and I have acid reflux from tomato sauce. That's I'm literally body. gonna, yeah, I'd yeah, we're gonna me. die,
0: yeah. But anyway, Blake, stop sidetracking me. We're already like six <laughs> minutes in. There's something I wanted to talk about today, and that's there. Like, we're, this is again not a COVID episode, and so, and this is this is sort of a, about about the Rona, but not really. So, so pull up that little article from the World Health Organization. So, the WHO is actually reversing course and advising against the use of, quote, punishing lockdowns. Now, if you're wondering where that's coming from, it says here in the article, uh, Dr. David Nabarro, the WHO special envoy on COVID-19, not the WHO, of course, the World right. Health Organization, right. uh, won't get fooled again, <laughs> uh, told uh, told Spectator UK's Andrew Neal last week that politicians have been wrong in using lockdowns as, quote, the primary controlled method. To combat COVID 19 you think now we have been anti-lockdown anti-mandate from day one on this program yes they were if you might remember all the way back like in march they were starting up the lockdowns and the mandates when we had our episode 100 oh yeah here in yeah. our event hall here in here in the studio in yeah. tennessee and and we didn't cancel we went on Business as usual. Well, you know what, by the way, like of the however many people were here for the live show, yeah. no, one no one reported being nope. sick or anything. That's
1: right. Just, no, no, just,
0: just saying. Just saying. But the point being is, is that we've always been against these these draconian lockdown things and, and I also want to pull it, by the way, I'm not, I'm not going to do a whole big diatribe about the data and the statistics and the masks and the economic impact and all that stuff. If you want that, uh, Tom Woods has done two talks now. He did one on the, uh, the lockdown hysteria, and then he did one just, I think, this past weekend. Uh, it's right there. You can find it at Mises Media. That one is the fact-free COVID dystopia, um, where he talks a little bit about the data. He talks a little bit about... Um, the seen and the unseen. There's the scene of here's the pandemic. Let's combat the pandemic. But the unseen of if we only if every one of our decisions is based entirely on just get the COVID numbers down, mm-hmm. what you're not evaluating is all the damage you could be doing in other parts of the world, right. in, in the economy, <clears throat> in um, when you talk about public health, public health isn't just the Rona. Public yeah. health is everything. Yeah. So like, give you one example. He talks about how there's there's almost certainly going to be th- thousands, if not millions, of more preventable cancer deaths because people are not getting treatment and screenings for cancer. Oh yeah. Because the health establishments in different parts of the world are only focusing on the Rona. So th- we're not going to go into all those particular details. But the reason I wanted to bring that up is is sometimes uh and we're going to talk a little bit of politics later in the show is that i'm i really don't even tell people i'm a libertarian anymore because for one i think the word libertarian has become just as as poisoned and insufficient as classical liberal or that that type of terminology because there's so many people who who use the word who claim the word libertarian but they're they're not. I don't identify with them in any way. I don't associate with them in any way. They they're really just angry Republicans and Democrats who who want to angst somewhere else, or they support the capital L Libertarian Libertarian Party, the LP, which by and large their representatives are again just statist light, and that's not what I'm about. But the reason, so if someone asked me, well, well, okay, then why, like, why the extreme position, Alan? Why are you an anarchist? Why do you say I'm an anarchist, and you no longer identify as libertarian or certainly anything else? And this is there's many reasons, but I, I want to highlight just one today, and it's and it's specifically about kind of this reversal of the narrative that you start you're starting to see about the Rona stuff. So the World Health Organization has come out against the lockdowns being the primary control method. And while there's certainly plenty of people in the American media, and there's certainly plenty of U.S. states who are doubling down and tripling down on draconian lockdowns and mandates, which those people should be run out of town on a rail. But the point being is, is that I still feel like you can start to see the narrative shifting. You know, maybe they still want masks maybe they're still pushing for a vaccine and we'll cross that bridge when we get there but you're starting to see some of the lockdown and mandate stuff be looked at in a slightly more negative light whereas in the last several months that was that was the the soup de jour and if you were if you were against that then you were demonized you know it, it, if you said anything on twitter or facebook to that effect you you ran the risk of your account being banned because you're spreading false information but the point being is, is that there were, all, there were always experts who were against some of the things you're seeing in the media. There was always data that suggests that masks were ineffective, that 15 days to flatten the curve was BS, especially since it's been way more than 15 days, it's been like 200 something. Um, and, and of course, again, that we, if you're doing lockdowns and mandates to support public health, public health has to also take into account all sorts of other infectious diseases uh, and conditions. And you also have to factor in the economy. You have to fit, factor in the psychological well-being of the human population and not just whether or not they have the flu. And so the point being is is that if you said any of those things in the last several months, you, you, were, you were called every name in the book, and you ran a serious risk of having your social media platforms throttled or if not outright deleted. Mm-hmm but now you're starting to see a little pushback oh, yeah. now grant people like us have been pushing back the whole time yeah. but you're starting to see a little bit of pushback from the from the quote authorities like mm-hmm. for instance the world health organization and and that's good i'm not saying I'm, not, I'm my problem isn't that people can change their mind it's a good thing that people can evaluate the data and and have a change of heart i don't i don't ever want to make someone feel bad for changing their mind, especially when it's moving more in a direction of, of liberty. The problem I do have though, is that as the narrative shifts and as more and more, you know, media conglomerates and, and, and supposed health authorities start to say things that we've been saying for months, those same people demonized us when they were on the opposite side of the aisle. As they start to agree with us, do you think they will apologize? No. Do you think that they will spend even a moment's time <laughs> saying, let's, let's, let's admit where we were wrong. Let's, let's, bring, let's bring everyone back in that we had disagreed with over the last several months. The people whose accounts we banned off of Twitter and Facebook for misinformation. Let's apologize to those people. Let's applaud them for having stood by their convictions and let's and let's promise in the future to not demonize people because the whole idea of science is that you're you're always testing new hypothesis you're always searching for truth and and sometimes what we know today and what we know tomorrow can be different things and we won't in the future call people names and try to ostracize them and make them the other person as we often talk about politically on Mm -hmm. this program, we won't do that again. Do you think for a second, that's what's going to happen? No, no, that's not what's going to happen. And specifically, and I've talked about the media and I've talked about people like health authorities, but specifically politicians. When an Andrew Cuomo who doesn't know his ass from the hole in the ground, sends a bunch of COVID patients into the nursing homes and thousands upon thousands of elderly die because those are exactly the most at-risk people. Let's say some months later, and I think he has done this, I think he has said some months later, you know, that that probably wasn't the right thing to do. But will he suffer any consequences for his actions? I mean, I guess it's, I guess as, as, A consolation prize. It's good that he admits that he was perhaps wrong. But as he was doing that, there were already people saying, Governor, I don't think this is the best course of action. I think this is going to make a lot of people suffer. Don't do this. And his answer to those people was eat cake. His answer to those people was, I'm going to yeah. do what I want because I'm mm-hmm. in charge. And if you try to stop me, I will run you out of society. Yeah. Everyone who is against our narrative is some sort of backwards hick who is anti-science. Right. So when they make the wrong decision, sure, they may correct it sometime in the future. There's no apologies. There's certainly no bringing back the people that were lost as, right. a, as, as a result of those policies, mm-hmm. there's all, the people whose businesses have been destroyed because they were shut down. The people who have lost their life savings, um, are uh, us, us here. I mean, we've yeah. lost easily 80 plus percent of our income this year yeah. because we were shut down during some of the busiest months of our season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sure. Sure, some months or years from now, they might say we completely handled this pandemic the wrong way, and we are mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. that sorry won't bring us back a cent of what we lost That's right. It won't bring back a single person who died in mm-hmm. a nursing home that didn't have to because That's they right. were exposed uh irresponsibly. It won't reopen a single small business that couldn't survive the layoff right. The fact that their minds can change, but they'll never suffer the consequences of their actions, whereas if you or I make a decision and it's the wrong one, we are the ones who have to bear the brunt of our decision as well as bear the brunt of their decisions, Mm -hmm. and we have no recourse. That is why I'm an anarchist. Right. So with all that said, the lockdowners, the doomers, all the people who, even to this very day, contrary to all the new data that's out there that shows that the flattening the curve and the mask mandates and everything is a bunch of hogwash, the people who have doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down on lockdowns, those people need to visit euthanasia.com to get the information they need to make the right choice for them. quite festive yeah we should do that more often definitely guys we'll be right back after this break don't go away if you're enjoying tonight's show consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our patreon that's over at patreon.com slash alan mosley Hey, uh, hey Blake. Yeah? What time is it? It's time for... Ooh, that's a new one. No. That look you give an innocent man on death row when you know you're about to withhold evidence for his case. <laughs> what a...
1: Oh. Has, has your mom ever given you that look? It looks like a look my mom's given me before, you know, when I'm about to do something stupid, you know, and she knows that I'm dumb, you know, I'm about to do something dumb, and and she's just waiting for me to make that mistake. I don't know.
0: What an evil bitch that woman is right there.
1: Why does she have to be that way? <laughs>
0: because, because she doesn't care about you. Why you
1: gotta be mean? I don't understand be, what you mean. Because what, you don't, don't
0: be matter. Like I, it's it's yeah, it's but, the old George Carlin yeah. bit. Like you can't stress this enough. Whoever your favorite politician is, they don't care about you. Right. At all. No. They don't care about you at all. They care about money. And power. God, I care about money too.
1: <laughs> but not enough to put people in jail and torture them over it.
0: I mean, not enough to do that, but it is enough to remind people that they can go to patreon.com/slash Alan Mosley. Good call. They can't go there to get the information they need to make the right choice for them, but they can go there to help to help me so that I can get the information I need to make the right choice for me. Um, let's do the viewer mail. I wonder how many people are going to Rewind the episode And, and go back and watch that To see what the text said. <laughs> Is it still going? I mean... <laughs> oh man okay uh Andrew (laughs) Avery writes
1: to show up you know
0: dear Alan and Blake yes if a bear were to lend you a hand would it give you paws Andrew I've I've said this to you before you can't do puns that require being able to see the words because I'm just reading them out
1: (laughs) uh I guess if a I guess if a bear gave you five he'd be giving you paw
0: People are going to have to start going to facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV so that they can just read Andrew's puns. True. true. We'll have to, like, make a library. I bet he's
1: Googling these. What do you think?
0: Dude, I don't know, man. (laughs) He's coming up
1: with that off the top of his head. He's a pure genius.
0: Okay, so (laughs) Andrew is one of our biggest fans. And and I got to tell you, I've seen Andrew's stuff around social media. This is actually most of what he does. Okay. I think he just does this throughout the day. So in other words, he's a freaking genius. It's it's not just us, is the point. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Granzer writes, Dear Alan and Blake, The large Hadron Collider is going to attempt to contact another dimension in a couple of days. They're going to attempt to detect gravity's rainbow in many black holes. Therefore, my question is, when they summon the Bifrost, will 2020 give us ice giants from Jotunheim, or will Asgard invade because we're ready for a higher form of war? That's... That's a whole lot of words to say Jonathan really likes uh, the Marvel Universe yeah. and, the, and the Thor movies in particular. Um, what it's going to give us is nothing. But if I had to pick one of those, I, I would go with Asgard because, I mean, the Pentagon's got to fill the coffers somehow, right? Oh, yeah, I know. If they're not, look, if they're not going to let us nuke Iran, then we might as well nuke Asgard.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, seriously. I, I, I think it's going to give us a big, I think it's going to give Switzerland a really big electric bill.
0: I like how it's Switzerland.
1: Isn't that where the collider is? It's in Switzerland,
0: isn't it? Yeah. But I think that's also where Asgard is. Really? Well, I mean, you know, Hmm. anyway, uh, Sherry voluntary writes, uh, dear Alan and Blake. Uh, so who wins in a fight? Spike Spiegel or Alucard? Um, Okay, so Spike, So both of these are fantastical people, Spike Spiegel being the main character from Cowboy Bebop, Alucard being from the Castlevania series, which you can watch that on Netflix. Um, even though they're both fantasy characters, Spike Spiegel is like a regular human being, whereas Alucard is a vampire prince. So that's not exactly fair. Yeah. Like, if Alucard were just a person and not a vampire prince, Spike Spiegel wins easily. Yeah. And with Alucard being a vampire prince, I mean, don't sleep on my boy Spike. But I know everyone watching the show right now is like, "What are they talking about?" Well,
1: but you know, all Spike needs is a silver bullet, right? Or what, is, what a
0: are they even talking or, you know, about right big now? Big
1: wooden stakes and just kind of jump up and right there, and he's going. What are they? What are
0: they talking about? I I, we got to get viewers who don't send us nerd shit every week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse my language. (laughs) I I, I would mention Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report, but her question is actually next, so we'll just do that. (laughs) Suzanne Sherman writes, Dear Alan and Blake, how how ironic. Yes. Uh, How come treadmills come with a holder for your Pringles, but no ashtray? (laughs) So Wait, what? (laughs) They do come with a holder, but I don't think that's where you're supposed to put your Pringles. I think that's where you put your water. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But I (laughs) mean... uh,
1: Pringles, you're, you're defeating the purpose.
0: But you know, I, yeah. I mean, everyone's got to do their own thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, diet Pringles. <sighs> Makes me think we got to figure out a way to do some sort of Pringles challenge.
1: Yes. I don't know. Okay.
0: We'll <laughs> think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Celeste Danis writes Dear Alan and Blake, what is your favorite fall movie? Ooh. I didn't realize there was such a thing as fall movies. Fall movies. Whew. Like, I mean, there's just movies that you can watch in the fall.
1: First thing that comes to mind is Hocus Pocus, but I haven't seen that since I was 13, so I guess that don't count. But it is I, a favorite fall movie. I just haven't watched very many fall movies.
0: I actually watched Hocus Pocus not terribly, well, I mean, a couple of years ago, I oh, guess. Okay. But um, Still good? I mean, it's still good. Okay. I, it's not bad. It's not, I wouldn't say it's great, yeah. but it's not bad.
1: Was it as good as an adult as it was as a kid? Or do you, do you see, pick up on things in that that you didn't pick up on as a kid?
0: I don't know. I, I, really? Okay. I, I, I didn't come remember. to the studio today prepared to do a review of Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Although I guess if that's the criteria for a fall movie, then... Yeah. I mean, if Halloween's in the fall, then I guess you could just say Halloween movies yes, are fall movies. movies. Yeah. yeah, true. Um,
1: great. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, see it every year. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite Halloween movie then? Is that it?
1: Halloween movie? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess I'd have to just... Say yeah, it's probably the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's all I ever watch. And Halloween is a Halloween like tradition. So yeah,
0: I don't really care for. <laughs> I'm just grumpy today. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm you're sorry. Still... I don't really. I don't really feel all that well. <laughs> and yeah, they're they're locking stuff down again. Yeah, I'm broke and lock them down. Don't. I feel all kind of ugh.
1: not very festive.
0: Huh. This show's just ruined already. <laughs> you know what? Th- well, Blank, this one's not on you. This one's okay. on me, buddy. Okay.
1: All right. So
0: whoever's playing the drinking game in chat, you can't drink for this because I'm not complaining about Blank. I'm complaining about me.
1: Okay. You can complain about you. The drinking
0: stuff. game says that if I complain about you, uh-huh. then they have to drink.
1: Let's. Ju- how about you just do that like until everybody gets so freaking drunk that they can't even like chat anymore?
0: Well, they have to chug during the party room ad, but I think oh. we're skipping that today, too. Oh, man. So, yeah, we're lungs, we're though. leaving everyone conspicuously sober today. Yes,
1: we are.
0: All right. Uh, and finally, Jeff Johnson writes, "Dear Alan and Blake, you are shipwrecked on a deserted island. Who would you absolutely not want on the island with you?" Blake, who do you not want on the island My with ex. you? that's a fair answer yes that's a fair answer That's a very good answer (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little switcheroo here
1: okay
0: i'm gonna say i don't want my fiance fiance on the island because i don't want her shipwrecked on an island i want her safe at home
1: oh that's cute
0: yeah so that's how you do it ladies and gentlemen (laughs) that's how you do it right there
1: um one up me i guess well Anyhow.
0: See, you should have wanted your ex on the island so that she could just die on a deserted island. No.
1: Well, no, wait. You're, you're messing with my head, man. Of course. Well, wait. <laughs> if I was on the island, I'd know. Yeah. well, Never mind. You know what I mean.
0: All right. Commercial break? Commercial. Let's take a commercial break. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at alan at funnybroke.com. So, I... I have an interesting thing that I wanted to talk about today, and we're going to kind of just do one more long form segment to, to wrap up the show. Okay. Um, uh, some of our friends on social media brought this to my attention. It's a, it's an article from reason. Uh, go ahead and pull that up right there. So how will the reason staffers vote in 2020, a survey of presidential preferences and regrets. Now this is a this is an interesting interesting little article here from Reason and their Reason probably won't like me once I'm done talking about it, <laughs> um, but what it is is that basically they have their whole staff, the, all their editors and authors and creative people are are answering a little survey and they've done this since 2004, where you know we're just a couple weeks out from the election and they're talking about their uh, election their presidential preferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're doing this for the 2020 election. Um, and so to, to preface this really quick, we're going to go through some of the different people for a reason, and they're going to, they're going to answer uh, a few different questions. The first one being, who do you plan to vote for this year? Okay. Okay. And then the next one is, Mm -hmm. if you could change any vote you cast in the past, which one would it be? So that's, those are a couple of interesting questions. Mm -hmm. Now, you're going to find out where I'm going with this really quickly because okay. I just the very premise of this survey, I have a couple problems with it. Imagine that I have a couple problems with it, and so I'm talking about it on the show. <laughs> I, know, I know you're really surprised. Really? <laughs> but again, I'm an anarchist. You are. You know what that means? What does that mean? It means I don't vote. Yep. That's I don't nice. vote, and quite frankly, I look down my nose at people that do. And, and what's funny about that is, is that amongst some of the celebritarian world, you know, you know, that, that demagogue libertarian consensus that sure as shit doesn't want to share this program because they don't want me having a seat at the table because I have things that are very inconvenient for them. They're called principles. Mm -hmm. Um, Those people are still more than happy to pick the lesser of evil Mm -hmm. or they're more than happy to push Whatever their political demagogue is, or you know, oh yes, Trump did this. Oh yes, let's get that nominee in there. And 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 of course, it always happens the same way. They're always absolutely terrible for liberty. Um, they they all they always absolutely portray their 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 enthusiasm. That they're never they're they're never deserving of your support. And yet, these same people fall into the trap time and time again. Quite frankly, it makes them no different than any generic status, Democrat or Republican. So with that said, let's take a look at some of these. Mike Alissi, who is a publisher for Reason says, who do you plan to vote for this year? He says, Joe Jorgensen. Hmm. Now I'm not going to give him too much of a gripe. Reason's a libertarian publication. Joe Jorgensen is the libertarian party nominee. Right. Now, I have said on this program before, if you were going to vote, if you believed that being involved politically was a strategic move, I don't agree with that. I, I'm not in no way involved politically. But if you're not like me and you believe that, well, I'm, I'm against the state, but I'm going to be involved strategically— Well, voting for a third party in our system is strategically suicide because they're never going to win. The system is not designed for a third party to have a seat at the table. It's just not. So I'm going to say that's a big fat fail if you're voting for a third party candidate, even one like Joe Jorgensen, although I know a lot of people have problems with Joe Jorgensen. Um... But I'm not. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, the fact that you claim to be a libertarian and you vote for the LP nominee, okay, whatever. It's at least fair that you're not voting for one of the duopoly. Sorry. If he could change his vote in the past, who would it be? He voted for Jimmy Carter in 1980. That was his first vote. It was his. It was the most important election of our lifetime. Um, and he regrets that. Okay, fair, fair enough. Peter Bagg, who's a cartoonist, who do you plan to vote for this year? Joe Jorgensen. Okay, I've already said my spiel about Joe. I don't agree with that. I don't think she's even particularly a good candidate. I certainly don't agree with the LP or its mere existence. I've already said all I have to say. He's going to vote for Joe Jorgensen. Fine. If you could change any vote you cast in the past, who would it be? John Kerry. This dude voted for John Kerry. John Kerry's a piece of shit and you voted for him, which frankly makes me wonder about where you stand principally. I'm, you know what? Let's give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he wasn't a hardcore libertarian then. What, what year? Was that 2004? I think so. Cause, go, cause Gore Bush was too. So I think it's 2004. Okay. Eric Bohm, the reporter, who do you plan to vote for this year? I'm currently not registered to vote in Virginia where I live. If I change that, I'll vote for Joe Jorgensen. Hold on. Unless I believe there's a chance that Joe Biden will somehow fail to win Virginia, in which case I'll vote strategically for Biden. What? Why? What? Why? That's, if that's there sad. is any, if there is any realm of possibility where you are willing to vote for Joe Biden, he says strategically, and he says, if Joe, ba- Joe Biden could somehow fail to win Virginia. So what that tells me is, is he's, he's a never Trumper, which is, f- I'm a never Trumper too. I will never vote for Donald Trump. Right. I'm not going to vote for a piece of shit like Joe Biden because I hate Trump so much. Right. Because I have some fucking self-respect. <laughs> Eric Bohm, use the nation.com. Uh, if you could change any vote in the past, what would it be? I can't imagine se- thinking a single vote is valuable enough to spend time regretting. Well, I. How about you just don't vote at all? But you know that's a fair answer. I'll give I'll give him half credit for that one. Yeah. But the fact that he's even considering voting for Biden because he wants Trump out tells me he doesn't get it. Yeah. This guy who's a reporter for this supposed libertarian organ he doesn't get it. Do you need you to don't fucking it again? get it? I mean, hold on. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this name so bad, so I apologize. Christian Britsky, I'm sorry. Uh, associate editor, who do you plan to vote for this year? No one, both Trump and Biden are awful enough that I can't imagine voting for either. There you go. There we go. There we go. Christian. He needs to be going around the office telling them to go to Mm euthanasia.com. Good job, Christian. If you could change any vote you cast in the past, what would it be? My first vote was in local Boise elections in 2011. I recall ticking the boxes for a bunch of city council candidates I knew nothing about. That was an irresponsible thing to do. I was rewarded when the council shortly thereafter passed a sweeping smoking ban. If I could do it over, I would have stayed home that election as well. Hey, all right. (laughs) Now, that's somebody who saw the error of his ways, Uh and he's not going to demean himself by going out on election day to vote for one of those pieces of garbage. Mm -hmm good on him. So guys support Christian. He's a good guy. Elizabeth Nolan Brown, senior editor. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I just registered in my home state, Ohio. I plan to cast a ballot for Joe Jorkinson. Okay. I've said all I have to say. Yep. Whatever. It's better than the duopoly. Um, but of course, again, if you're going to strategically vote, you should just vote for someone has a chance to win, but you got to stop me. You got to cut my mic. I I can't help. I can't help myself. Keep going. I can't help myself. Um, If you could change any vote in the past, what would it be? Um, This will be my first time voting in a presidential election since 2008 when I voted for Barack Obama. Yikes. I think that vote was a desperate plea for an end to the Bush era more than anything. So you voted for someone who just extended the Bush era policies. Congratulations. (laughs) uh obama's presidency did that in some important ways and failed in many more no it didn't it 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 didn't do that in any important way and failed in every conceivable way what a dumb bitch uh god i'm i'm being bad today i i said i don't feel well i don't feel well so that excuses me wow it's, it's my show it's, yeah, I, I i'm whatever those of us who love you know. i don't <laughs> regret that vote well then you're a dumb bitch but in the obama era did become a good lesson in what hope and change looks like in practice jesus um christian find that lady and tell her to visit euthanasia.com cj saramella criminal justice reporter who do you plan to vote for this year joe biden cj go kill yourself I'm sorry. I can't even, I'm not even going to take the time to say euthanasia. Like, okay, just go kill yourself. Joe Biden, the nationalists said the libertarian conservative consensus is dead. That never existed by the way. And I take them at their word. Um, then you're way too unintelligent. Well, actually I was going to say you're too unintelligent to be a reporter, but actually reporters are about un- as unintelligent as UCJ. Also, Stephen Miller is a white nationalist, by the way, he's the criminal justice reporter for reason, And he's voting for Joe Biden, the author of the 94 fucking crime bill, whose VP nod is uh, Kamala Harris, who's the top cop in California that we've talked about like three times on this episode, on this, on this program. CJ, what a dumb fucking bitch you are, too. Wow. Um If you could change any vote in the past, it would be I haven't voted in a presidential election since so I guess I would take that one back and not vote because I was young and dumb instead of old and dumb. You're definitely dumb. What's funny is, is that he wants to get rid of that past vote so that he could have a clean slate. But then fast forward to 2020 and ruin the slate by voting for Joe Biden. God, what stupid bitches these people are. It's fucking amazing to me, by the way, that I can't get a bunch of people in the celebritarian circles to share this program or help us out in any way to get the message out. I think it's probably because we actually have some goddamn libertarian principles on like these clowns <laughs> voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> Sheikha Dalmia, senior analyst. Who are you planning to vote for this year? I will cast my ballot for Joe Biden in Michigan. This is her explanation. There is no bigger libertarian cause right now than to prevent Donald J Trump from getting reelected. Jesus Christ, you people. My gosh. No bigger libertarian cause, Blake. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not get, it's not end the Public sector control of education, which is probably my biggest one, it's not ending the Fed, the Federal Reserve. It's not just toppling the totalitarian state in general. It's not opposing the the biggest empire on planet Earth, which is the United States uh, Empire. Now, it's it's not being completely and unapologetically anti-war, no matter, cross any all you have to, as long as you agree, be anti-war. No, 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 no. None of those are the most important libertarian issue. For hers, it's getting Donald D- J. Trump out of office by voting for Joe Biden. Fucking clown fiesta today. Clown fiesta. If You could change any vote in the past. Who would it be? I voted in three presidential elections uh, for George Bush, re-election in 2004 against John Kerry, for libertarian Gary Johnson in 2012, and for Hillary Clinton in 2016. The only one I don't regret is Johnson. She voted for Hillary Clinton, so you are banned from all libertarian thought for the rest of time because you voted for fucking Hillary Clinton.
1: It doesn't make any sense.
0: I'm, I'm trying not to throw up on my desk, by the way. I'm not really feeling well, and then... Way. This
1: is just making it worse. And this is just making it worse. It's making it worse.
0: Zuri Davis, assistant editor. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I'm going to be voting for Joe Jorgensen. Okay. I understand. It's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could change any vote in the cast, who would it be? Um, 2016 was the first presidential election they qualified for. I uh, voted for Gary Johnson. Um... I would probably change the vote I cast for Senator Rand Paul in the Republican presidential primary. Uh, I was excited to vote for the Kentucky senator because of his stance on criminal justice reform, but I was extremely disappointed to see that strong legacy shelved to confirm of all people Jeff Sessions. Okay, so that's a fair criticism. Mm -hmm. It's a fair criticism. Now, I would argue, by the way, if you were genuinely trying to change the system from the inside, you would vote for someone who has a chance to get elected, which is someone running as a D or an R. You wouldn't vote for the Libertarian candidate. I've said that already a million times. However, that's a fair criticism. Yeah, that's a fair criticism. Okay. He, hold on. Let me go back. Let me go. Let me go back up. Zuri Davis. Zuri Davis helped lower my blood pressure pressure just a little bit. Brian Doherty, senior editor. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I don't vote. So we've got two round of applause out of this whole goddamn set of people that work at a libertarian publication. Uh, if you could change any vote in the past, who would it be? Never having voted, I have no regrets. A fucking man, Brian. Get him, Brian! <laughs> Brian, you need to be going around the office telling all these other people to visit euthanasia.com. Nick Gillespie, editor at large. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I'm voting for Joe Jorgensen. Okay. Because she comes closest to representing my political... Okay, fair. Fair. If you could change any vote in the past, who would it be? I would not change any of my votes. In 84, the first person I could vote, I voted for Walter Mondale. Um, blah, 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 I've voted for the Libertarian candidate since '98. Or excuse me, since '88. Um, okay, fair. You know, he's a die in the wool LP guy. That's not my bag, but fair. Catherine Mangu Ward, editor in chief. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I don't vote. All right. All right. We're well, getting somewhere
1: out of the lot, right? Come
0: on. I don't vote. I won't this year. Um, how I do, however, plan to complain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta if, yeah, we got to We got to see. Yeah, we got to see if Catherine <laughs> will come on the show. None of them. by the way, none of them are going to come on the show now since, since I just shit all over Reason Magazine this whole time. Jeez. To be fair, I didn't shit all over Reason Magazine. I shit all over the losers they have working for them, although not all of them are losers. Yep. Got to see if the non-losers will come on. but They probably won't. Um, there right, you go. Yeah. Uh, Justin Monticello, senior producer. Who do you plan to vote on this year? I come to think of voting as the equivalent of those fake steering wheels on tourist boats that exist to keep children busy with the illusion that they're steering the ship. I, I all right that. Yeah. yeah. That's, a good, that's a
1: good analogy. That's a good analogy.
0: If you could change any vote you cast in the past, what would it be? I regret ever having registered to vote. <laughs> We're getting somewhere. That's
1: four. That's four.
0: They should have had the these at the top.
1: It's the bottom of the list, right?
0: These are the, these are the only people they should even ask from now on <laughs> to have any credibility at all. Uh, John Osterhout, producer. Who do you plan to vote for this year? Political representation is illegitimate in theory and a sham in practice. I don't plan to vote for anyone.
1: There you go. See, they're pushing. Yeah.
0: Now we're talking. (laughs) If you could change any vote you cast in the past, what would it be? In 2016, I took the time to research every candidate for every position on the ballot. What a waste of time that was. (laughs) I like John. Yeah, that guy's pretty smart. I like John. He's a good guy. Robert Poole, director of transportation policy. Who do you plan to vote for this year? Because I live in Florida, likely again to be a swing state, I'm planning to vote for the lesser evil, though the Libertarian Party candidate would be far better. But our next president will either, will be either Biden or Trump, an even worse choice than Hillary or Trump. Um, but that doesn't say which one he thinks is the lesser evil. I mean, read through this time around, both parties have transformed. The Democrats are a far more collectivist party whose environmental transportation, blah, 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 are bad. Republicans have become a populist, anti-trade, anti-immigrant, big spending party. Um, despite wishing the Republicans would receive a massive shock that would return them to a more free market approach, I will select GOP slash Trump as the lesser evil. Um, I think, is this the first guy who said he's voting for Trump out of Trump and Biden?
1: Out of the whole lot. Yeah.
0: I think it is. Yep. Um, by the way, he's still a dick shitter, just like anyone voting for Biden. You're a dick shitter. If you're voting for Biden or Trump, get, get that partisan nonsense out of this program. You're not going to see it here. Nope. Um, but I do think it's interesting just to note that he's the only one yeah. out of that group that considers Absolutely. Trump the lesser evil and not Biden. <laughs>
1: he's not invited to the office parties.
0: He's not invited to the, I, I don't do lesser evils. That's how it is. If you're gonna if you're gonna even bother writing that big of a paragraph to explain your choice, the correct answer was the last few that says yeah. nah. nah.
1: There you go. My answer would have been I ain't telling you.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mike Riggs, deputy managing editor. Who do you plan to vote for? I would while I would like to see a president Joe Jorgensen, I'll settle for not having to live another four years under President Donald Trump. Oh, I'll go. cast my first ever vote for president for joe biden what a dick shitter
1: you see that's the, the the problem is is that they're they're both bad they're both evil it's like okay i'm not gonna choose black i'm gonna choose gray uh, you know it, it's stupid they why just don't
0: I think Trump is a symptom, not the root cause, of the current dysfunction. I absolutely do not support the Democratic Party writ large. Democratic management of the city of Philadelphia, where I live, is shockingly bad. And yet, all of that—there's a whole other diatribe that ends with "but." On voting for Biden, kill yourself. That's Just crazy. instead of instead of voting for Biden, go to euthanasia.com.
1: They'll have your answer.
0: Jesus Christ. If you could change any vote in the past, what would it be? I voted for the first time in the 2018 midterms. I do not regret using that opportunity to rebuke Republican xenophobia. What? I mean, what but your voting for Democrats in no way rebukes Republican no, xenophobia. That, that just supports the system. So Mike Riggs, deputy managing editor, you you just continue to legitimize the state. Visit euthanasia.com, buddy. That's all you can do. Scott Shackford, associate editor. Who do you plan to vote for? I'm voting for Joe Jorgensen. Okay, fair. Um, and I, uh, who who would you change in the past? I don't think I've voted for a major candidate who's actually won since Bill Clinton's second term. Okay. Okay. Stephanie Slade, managing editor. Who do you plan to vote for? I'm a true undecided. I've been vacillating between sitting out this election, as I did in 2016, or voting for Joe Biden. No. Well, How Stephanie, many
1: editors does this freaking magazine have? 30? Jeez. <laughs> Imagine being a writer for that bunch. It's like you write an article. It's got to go through like 38 people's opinions before it can get
0: published. You know, the amazing thing to me, though, is, is that at a, at a, there was a handful of these people, Stephanie included, that they either have not voted at all uh-huh. and are thinking about it yeah. or only first voted very recently. Maybe yeah. they're young maybe. or maybe, maybe they have held off voting, but in the last election cycle or two they have voted for or they've registered for the first time to yeah. vote yeah. it just it's it's it just goes to show you that we're losing the war if the first of all if these are the people that are like in the popular libertarian circles yeah. and they're just completely losing their principles just completely well, yeah, I if, mean
1: you got to have your principles if fight. you
0: had a shred of dignity and you hadn't voted up to this point you'd keep it that way yeah just don't You'd keep it. Just don't. Just don't. As as Blake Osborne says, just don't. Just don't. Robbie Sove, senior editor. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I might have voted for Joe Biden if he chose Tulsi Gabbard as his veep, but he didn't. So I'm voting for Joe Jorgensen. Imagine thinking that Biden is good enough for your vote, but Kamala pushed you over the edge. You know what? Biden was never good enough. No, he wasn't. He's been in politics for like 50 years. He's an absolute dick shitter. Yeah. And he he seriously considered voting for him. So, Robbie, euthanasia.com.
1: What's next? Uncle editor?
0: Uh, Peter Sutterman features editor. Who do you there plan I to go. vote for this year? I do not plan to vote for anyone, uh... Who, for the reasons that Catherine Mango Ward laid out, uh, okay, yeah. all right, we're back all on right. track. If you could change any vote you cast, who would it be? I have voted in a national election only once in 2004, and thus I have only one possible vote to change. But I probably would change it if I could. I reason I voted in 2004 because I failed to vote in 2000. When I was a Florida resident living out of states while attending college, uh, blah 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 blah. I voted for George W. Bush. That didn't go so well. I had to do if I had to do it over again, I would decline to vote. Have okay. You gone well. <laughs> if, if I had to do it over again, I would decline to vote. So he he would he would get rid of his past votes and he's not voting now. So good on, good on Peter.
1: But it wouldn't have changed anything.
0: It's still it's still sad that only like a quarter of these people have a shred of self-respect and dignity. The rest of them are just, garbage jacob sullum senior editor who do you plan to vote for this year um most obvious choice is joe jorgensen um okay whatever if i could change any vote you cast who would it be um he ended up voting for walter mondale in the 84 democratic primary i was young and ignorant okay that's fair uh, Jesse Walker, books editor. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I live in Maryland, where we're trying to have an impact on which candidate carries the state. Is the ultimate act of futility. I will cast a protest vote for Joe Jorgensen, which is also futile, but doesn't feel as dirty. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's good. All right. I'm okay with that. You could change any vote. As a high school senior, I was eligible to vote in 88, but I skipped them given which candidate I was rooting for at the time. This was a shame. I lost my chance to be the only reason staffer who cast a ballot for Jesse Jackson. What?
1: What? (laughs) Jesse Jackson.
0: Oh, Oh, Jesse.
1: I'm not so sure.
0: (laughs) Zach Weissmuller. Who do you plan to vote for this year? This makes me a little queasy, but I'm voting for Joe Biden. You should be queasy. You should be queasy. I, I hope that's stomach don't cancer. Don't. I hope that's stomach cancer. I said good it. Good
1: night,
0: man. He has three reasons. Number one, a feeble President Biden seems like an opportunity to erode the power and glamour of the dangerous cult of the presidency and also push socialists, nationalists, and identitarians back to the margins, creating space for a more libertarian-friendly coalition to emerge. Oh, Okay, so he has good intentions, but you know how the road to hell was paved. Zach? That's the dumbest fucking excuse I've ever heard in my life. Voting for Joe Biden does not create a libertarian safe space if you think that you're a fucking idiot. Number two, Trump was an even more selfish and incompetent leader than I thought he'd be. He seems willing to stoke chaos, to hold on to power, and I'm sick of talking and hearing about him. I- I'm, I'm sick and talking and hearing about him too, which means I'm not going to legitimize the uh, election the system. The libertarian party doesn't have a clear electoral strategy or even sense of purpose and continually seems to miss golden opportunities. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's, fair. that's fair. That's, it seems to me like you, like you have a, a negative opinion of, of all the parties and candidates, which means da don't vote. If you could change any vote in the past, who would it be? I've always voted for libertarian candidates and never felt bad about that. Okay. I just, oh, oh, he he follows that with, I just hope I don't regret my first lesser or two evil votes this year. So again, what,
1: there's no such thing,
0: what a tragedy it is for you. If you are someone who has stood your ground and drawn your line in the sand Mm -hmm. and not legitimized the system, but this year decided to, what a shame, what a, what a shame. Matt Welch, editor at large. Who do you plan to vote for? Joe Jorgensen. Okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll, whatever. Uh, if you could change any anyone in the past, who would it be? In 88, my first election, I lived in California. Um, I didn't like or even ser- take seriously Michael Tukakis. Boy, that's a name you hadn't heard in a while. Uh, but, I, but, but I had whipped myself up in a collegiate fever to believe that George H.W. Bush was the real CIA-fabricated dark lord and must be stopped at all costs. Well, I mean, he is a CIA-fabricated dark lord. In silly in retrospect, I vowed then to never vote for candidates I actively dislike. Well, good on you. Good on him. Uh, Liz, this last one, Liz Wolf, staff editor. Who do you plan to vote for this year? I live in New York City, so my vote, thankfully, does not matter one iota in an ocean of progressives. I will not vote this year since Jorgensen has squandered her opportunity to win libertarianism. new comforts. Okay, that's fair. Um, if you could change any vote in the past, what would it be? Uh. I'm very young, so I have very few skeletons in the closet, I plan to keep it that way by not voting. Good. Well, good. So Liz, if you're young and you don't have those skeletons in your closet and you want to keep it that way, the best way to do that is to stand your ground and not turn into a mealy mouth cuck, like half of the rest of your damn coworkers. We'll be right back after this, don't go away. Our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Alan TV. Follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com at Alan TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash Alan Mosley TV. So, really quick, I want to wrap up here today. Um, one of our friends, Chris Spangle of We Are Libertarians, brought this to my attention right before we recorded the episode. So go ahead and pull up that first image. Here's a, here's a picture of Trisha Stewart, man. She was Trisha Stewart then. Now she's Trisha Trisha Stewart, man. Uh, Trisha Stewart and her uh, her new husband, John, were actually here at our episode 100. There was Trisha all the way back on episode 68 of this program, back on the, when we did the old show, do, doing her absolute most patriotic job she can do. Uh, Trisha's been a good friend of the program She's shared our content in the past uh, We can't be thrilled enough uh, Of people who help spread the message Not like those celebritarian cucks That we were just talking about Trisha's the opposite of that I'll tell you what uh, Trisha actually has uh, They've started a fundraiser for Trisha Trisha's got a baby on the way I think the baby's going to be and I think it's more than on the way I think it's, I think it's about to hatch I think it's, I think it's almost here uh, so, go ahead and pull up that next one. They got to go fund me for support, Trisha Stewart Mann, Liberty's Ginger Queen. Uh, so, we're going to share that link in the chat, and, and we'll share it in the days to come as well. But it'll be in the chat, so you can go over there, look in there looking there on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this program i uh, got to go fund me to raise some money for Tricia because, of course, as it has been for a lot of us, this has been a really tough year with the lockdowns and the Rona and everything else, um, but particularly hard on a family who's got another young one on the way. So we're going to try to raise some money for Tricia. So everybody, stop what you're doing. Go over there in the chat, where whichever way the, the, the video is pointed on your player. It, I think it's the, I don't know. Go over there, click on that link, donate some money. Telling you came from It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Ask Tricia if a hot dog is a sandwich. Guys, thank you so much, and we will see you next week.